You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, also a writer over at BourbonStreetShots.com, where you can check out my work and a lot of other great writers' work as well. Uh, coming to you on a game day, Tuesday, Pelicans on the road in Philadelphia to take on the 76ers, maybe get some revenge for that loss two weeks ago uh, that really, I think, you know, signaled the end of this Pelican season, losing at home. Uh, to the 76ers, who hadn't won a game on the road in a long, long time at that point. Pelicans became the first casualty of that. Though, for the record, uh, Philly did go on and beat Detroit, uh, I think like two nights later, who's a pretty good team, and uh, they won the other night over the Brooklyn Nets. Not a good team, but still, this is a team that's maybe not as bad as uh, people thought. They've got a pretty decent head coach, a lot of young talent that he's kind of starting to maximize a little bit. But anyway... You know, we're going to save that for the preview. Uh, so on the podcast today, I want to talk a little bit about this roster construction. The, the word identity was thrown around recently the other night after the loss to San Antonio. Good time to kind of talk about that. What is this Pelicans team? Uh, what can they become? Um, can they become anything? It's a valid question. Uh, so take a quick look at that along with the roster construction, what they're trying to do here. Uh, and then I'll preview the game for you guys tonight in Philly, uh, where hopefully the Pelicans can get a win, um, maybe right the ship a little bit before coming back home on the second night of a back-to-back to play uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder in what's going to be a very tough game. Russell Westbrook's probably going to score a lot of points there. Don't forget Lockdown Pelicans, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, does have a Twitter handle. It's at LockedOnPels. We've got some fancy new intro music uh, courtesy of the local indie band Vox and the Hound. On uh, February 10th, they've got a new single coming out for a new album. The new album is going to be called Aloha Shores. Uh, the first single is going to be released at Gossa Gossa on Ferret Street, Uptown, uh, at a, a pretty fun party. I'm excited for that one. Now, on February 10th, that single is going to be called uh, Recapitated. The intro song you heard today is called Moxie, which coincidentally, and they didn't write it for this reason, is the name of my dog, of a miniature dachshund named Moxie. Um, but no, song's not named after her. Would have been cool, though. Uh, so make sure you guys are checking them out. They're on Twitter as well. It's the Vox and Hound. Pretty easy to remember. Uh, pretty awesome of them to uh, let me use some of the music in here, up the production value of everything. Uh, but don't forget, Locked on Pelicans, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Uh, like I said, I mentioned the Twitter handle. It's on iTunes, Audio Boom, whatever podcast app you want. It is there so you can get it daily. Comes out at 6 a.m. Only podcast giving you this kind of information. You know, jumping into different topics is, again, with a podcast, it's daily. I can be a little bit more topical. Uh, I don't need to wait a week to talk about anything. If news breaks, I can kind of just jump on, record something really quickly, get it out for you guys. Uh, so that's what's really cool about this. So make sure uh, you're subscribing to it, you're following it. You're sharing it with your friends, sharing it on Facebook, Twitter, social media, whatever. It's all very helpful to get more listeners on there. All right, so identity. And this comes from a quote from Alvin Gentry uh, in something he said the other night after the San Antonio lost. And the quote is, I just told them, I don't know what kind of team we have because we don't allow ourselves the opportunity to figure that out. You know, they said, he said, we've got to figure it out. We've got to figure it out in a hurry. It's not anything we've got a month to figure out. We've got to figure it out in the next week or so. What are we going to be? How are we going to play? We've got to be consistent in what we're doing, and that's the disappointing thing. 
So basically saying this team has no identity and they need to figure out what type of team they want to be, what type of team they want to play as. And we know what they want to be like. They've, they've told us. This is, this is easy. Again, we know what they should be. They want to be a team that pushes it in transition, plays with the fast-paced shots early on in the shot clock, uh, runs up with the ball after a defensive rebound. Uh, and they want to defend. Defending, and it was one of the big uh, buzzwords this offseason, along with the word blue-collar. They want to be scrappy. Uh, they want to be fighters. They want to go out there with grit and all of those buzzwords and, and everything. And frankly, they're not doing that. So basically, the Pelicans and Justin Verrier wrote about it for ESPN.com uh, the other day. They're back. It's like they're they're 29 games in and they're basically at the start of the season and they don't know where they are. If you're the head coach and you're 29 games in and you don't know where you are this season, I mean, come on. And I've been a huge Alvin Gentry defender since his first year here last season when it didn't go well and people wanted him fired this past offseason. But now, when he, he just looks at his team and goes, I don't know what you guys want to do here. You're the coach. You tell them what to do. You had a plan here on how you wanted to coach them and what you wanted them to do. They haven't responded to that. So do you push them harder? Or is he just going to be like, hey, you guys figure out what type of team we're going to be and we'll go and do that? No, you're the coach. You're the man in charge. And he doesn't seem like he's taking charge. He's passive here. And if you're a Pelicans fan, this should upset you greatly. This is not something that's necessarily okay. Again, he's the guy in charge. He sets the tone. And this is his attitude. This is what he's going to say. Consider me off the, uh, the Alvin Gentry train and bandwagon here right now. Because, I mean, come on. Coach your guys the way they should be coached. Bench them if they're not playing well and put some other ones in. Omer Ashik doesn't play at times. Other guys get very few minutes. If you want someone who has energy, play Czech Diallo more than 10 minutes a game. He's out there flying around. Send a message. Do something. And that's not happening here. Now, a lot of this is due to the roster construction on this team. I mean, it's not exactly good. You're not filled with uh, all-stars. You know, if you want to win a title, you need a superstar and probably another like a B plus A minus type of player, if not two of them. There's no one even close to that. You have the superstar in Anthony Davis, but go look at their uh, PERs, the player efficiency rating, um, for these guys based off minutes played. So Anthony Davis' leader in minutes played for the Pelicans has a PER of 28.4. Next best play, or next highest minutes played, Tim Frazier. Guy who's not even really a starter unless, you know, uh, Drew Holiday's out. There's a guy who's not even starting on the team technically now. He has the second most minutes played. PER of... 14.8. 15 is league average. Uh, not, not ideal. Solomon Hill, third most uh, minutes played on the team. PER, 7.7. That's atrocious. He's been good defensively, not, not necessarily consistently for the Pelicans, but he's been pretty decent. He's got a true shooting percentage of 51.2. Not good. Um, if you look at, if you want to dive into wind shares and all some of these other statistics here and different things like that, Solomon Hill is giving you almost no offense. Uh, he's giving you a little bit of defense, but he's giving you the same amount of defense, basically, according to some of the stats I'm looking at here as Tim Frazier. And no one thinks Tim Frazier is a good defender. Solomon Hill was brought in to be this lockdown wing and he's giving you the same type of production, according to some stats and, you know, eye tests and different things come into play here. Giving you the same type of production there as Tim Frazier, someone who I think it, it, we all agree isn't a great defender, um, especially fighting through three screens and other things. So 
Let's go to the fourth guy on the list, Terrence Jones. Finally get to the second player on this team here above uh, an average PER at 15.3. Not much better. Each one more brought in to be a big score for the Pelicans. Uh, they really needed him and his production. PER, 11.5. And PER is weighted more towards shooters and guys who can score uh, and less towards defensive guys. His win shares, offensive win shares, zero. It's not helping you on offense. Each one more. Guy who's thought maybe would be the second leading scorer on this team or something like that. Langston Galloway, the guy who can get hot for three. Six in minutes on the team. PER, 12.7. 12.7. Again, he fluctuates high up, high down, low, uh, high peaks, very low valleys, which gives you a nice middle rating for him. But when he's off, man, he is off, and it isn't good offensively for this team, and they struggle. All right, seventh, Buddy Heald. 9.6 PER, though. I'd like to see this over the last, say, month or so. He really struggled to start the year. Uh, but the Pelicans have no other choice but to play him right now, which is good for his development. And um, But if you want to win games, you shouldn't be playing Buddy Heald right now. Drew Holiday, for as well as we thought he's been playing, 15.4 PER. Skipped Omar Oshik there because, I mean, come on now. Uh, 15.4 PER. And this is a guy they're going to probably be forced to pay $25 million dollars this coming off season not good 10th Dante Cunningham who's having his best shooting season from three PER 7.8 and again it's not even taking into account how bad he'd been defensively for the Pelicans this season uh he was not doing well on the defensive end and look I'm not going to go through the rest and, and depress everyone out here unfortunately but like do you get down to check Diallo I will tell you guys his PR 21 it's really good he looks good they should be playing him more, but they can't because they're trying to win games and they don't want to do a complete teardown of this team. And it's a problem. And it's going to hurt him going forward, and it's just unfortunate that this is the situation uh, for this Pelicans club right now. So, yeah, a lot of this on Alvin Gentry and the coaching staff and not getting the most of other guys, but a lot of it's going to be on uh, Dell Demps and the scouting department and their analytics department and their, I don't want to call it, and their projections that they do on these players. And that's what, you know, a lot of people do and teams do. They try and project what type of numbers guys might put up next season, uh, given usage rates and things like that. Each one more in Solomon Hill. Let's focus on those two for a second. Brought in to take step, uh, were to, brought in, sorry, to take step ups from what they had done offensively and their roles offensively before. Each one more might be a starter here. Uh, and let him fire from deep off uh, from behind three-point line. Uh, Solomon Hill, who had had a bit role in Indiana before finding a stride in the second half of last season and then having a great playoff run and getting a big contract for that, um, it was expected to be a full-time starter, guy who was going to be maybe a third or fourth option in this offense at times, depending on what it would be and who's out on the court. And... These guys just aren't ready for these roles. Etoine Moore is a nice little player, but when he's scoring you 10 points a game, does that really move the needle much? No. Is he capable of moving the needle much? That's the real question. It doesn't seem like it. Same thing with Solomon Hill. How, how the hell is that guy going to help this offense in any capacity? He's hitting some threes more than he was hitting before. Uh, he, he can get to the rim at times, but it's not like he's Tyreek Evans and great at driving. The dude doesn't draw fouls when he attacks the basket. You know, the Pelicans certainly need someone who's going to do that. None of these guys uh, fix that. 
So it's it's a problem, and there's just no answer on this roster, and it seems like what they need to do is do a complete teardown, but when you have the mandate from ownership, and who knows what it is now. Maybe it's not win now anymore. Maybe it's rebuild and just get a, get this team to where it needs to be. I don't know, and no one really knows outside that organization. Don't let them tell you otherwise, but at one point the mandate was win now. But you got to tear this roster down at this point, and you probably need to move on from Dell Demps. And if you do it midseason or you do it next year, it's not like there's a ton of flexibility here. You got one or two assets, that's it, to make moves. You need to bring in a very creative GM. Um, and again, there's, those guys are out there, but they're already with good teams. And you're not going to pry them away. So it's how do you find the next one? And uh, I don't have faith in the Pelicans to do so. And if they wanted to try and pry a top GM away from someone, they're going to have to pay a ton. I don't think they're going to do that. So it's a problem here. And, um, again, this roster construction was built on these guys, uh, the anticipation that they were going to take leaps. But in the scouting, was, did they really think they were going to? I guess they did, but then you see him play, and, man, there, there's no reason to think that that's going to be the case. Uh, I mean, none. Uh, Solomon Hill at times just looks lost on offense. But he healed you figure he's going to get better. Yeah. But is Langston Galloway going to all of a sudden be become much more consistent than he's been? No, probably not. Solomon Hill wasn't a good three-point shooter his entire career until one little bit in stretch. That doesn't mean that that's going to carry forward. It was a small sample size, too. There was no reason to think that that was going to be the norm. And now the Pelicans are stuck here, wasting down Anthony Davis's year uh, in the prime of his career and his contract extension as it ticks down, saying we don't know who we are. I can tell you who you guys are. You're not a good team. That's who you are. And no, again, it's you could go out and you could play super well and play to the max of these guys' abilities, but their abilities and their ceilings on that are so low, it's not going to necessarily win them game. At a certain point, talent just wins out, and you need to have talented players, and they don't. And the numbers reflect it, and the play on the court reflects it. So moving on to potentially happier things, depending on the outcome of this game. But hey, a game and watching a game is way more fun than not a game and not watching a game. I'll be honest here. So taking on Philly, uh, again, after that really disappointing loss in New Orleans uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, on a Thursday. Need to win this. This is a must win for the Pelicans, in my opinion. If you lose to Philly twice in a year, I mean, come on. It's going to send the fan base up in arms. Um, some things with the injuries up uh, updates for this. Evans, I think, is going to be out, they're saying, just due to rest and all the travel and the play. I know it's not the second night of a back-to-back, uh, but I think they're probably going to rest him for this game in Philly so that he can play at home in New Orleans against uh, you know, Russell Westbrook and the Thunder. Makes a bit more sense there. Um, Stauskas, Nick Stauskas, uncertain for uh, Philadelphia. Uh, but everyone else seems like they're probably going to go. That hasn't been normally out for them. Embiid's going to be playing. So I talked about how they can win this game last time, and of course they didn't go out and really do those things. But look, this Philly team, if you don't watch them a lot, one, Embiid is awesome. Awesome player. Uh, The the process, you guys should definitely be paying attention to him. Um, You know, the Pelicans really need to grab defensive rebounds. They do their best when they're grabbing defensive boards and pushing it and trying to at least catch teams in transition. They do well when they uh, score that way. The Spurs took them out of that by playing with a bit of a slower pace at times and smothering Anthony Davis and smothering the ball handlers uh, and open men. That's just marks of a good defensive team. And I talked about it and it forced the Pelicans to take shots late in the shot clock, which is not what they want to do. Philly isn't going to play you like that. 
So that's a good thing. They play with a fast pace too, so they want to be taking shots early in the shot clock, meaning um, guys aren't necessarily going to be in position to grab rebounds. So the Pelicans uh, should be able to grab those defensive boards, have less of a worry of offensive rebounds and uh, second-chance points. Um, Was it Philly ranks, I think? Let me take a look here. Yeah, they're in the bottom third when it comes to offensive rebounding. Gives the Pelicans a good chance to grab most of those defensive boards, secure them, push, get out in transition, and run a little bit. Um, you know, they're not a great defensive team either. They're, not a, they're still the worst offensive team. Uh, so the Pelicans have a chance. They need to match the energy here. They do not have the energy against Houston. Maybe to be expected on the second night of a back-to-back. They didn't have the energy in San Antonio. Maybe that's because they got down early, even though they were kind of in the game for a little while, and it was a bit disappointing to see. Uh, but certainly, certainly they had a chance you know, to do that and win, so they shouldn't have had that little energy to start with. Uh, but you've got to come out and you've got to play hard. This Philly team thinks they can beat the Pelicans. They're going to come out firing to them. This is when they look on their schedule they're like, oh, we can grab that one. They might not think that about a lot of teams in the league. They think it about the Pelicans. So they're going to come out trying to give the Pels everything they have. You need to match that energy. That means maybe get a guy like um, Czech Diallo in there earlier. He's playing better than uh, Jinsei. He gives you more there. He sets screens. He tries to fight through screens. He's lost defensively. But Jinsei isn't good defensively. So there. Um, it seems like Omer Oshik's out of the rotation right now. So I'm not going to factor him in. Um, but just, you know, do what you need to do to win these games. This is one that Alvin Gentry shouldn't have trouble uh, coaching the team against. In the game against Philly that they lost in New Orleans, the Pelicans were so terrified of three-point shots and three-point attempts by Philly. And Philly, I mean, they take a decent amount of them. They, are, um, they rank uh, seventh, so top third in the league in three-pointers attempted. But any time a Philly player on the perimeter raised his arms or pump-faked the Pelicans bit, and bit hard, and they jumped and left their feet to try and block or contest the shot, which just led to Philly kind of walking on by them on an easy run to the rim. Uh, Arison Ilyasova that game, a three-point shooter, scored most of his points at the rim because the Pelicans just jumped and left their feet. Don't leave your feet. Again, this is coaching. This isn't just necessarily bad habits and things like that. This is coaching. They need to figure this out. They need to look at the tape. If they don't do some of these little things, they're going to lose again. And you've got to wonder if Alvin Gentry is going to survive this plane flight back to New Orleans if that's the case. So that's going to be it for Locked on Pelicans today. Hopefully the Pels can get the win in Philly. Certainly a must-win situation for them to potentially salvage their season if there's anything to be salvaged. I know they think they still have a shot at the playoffs. Obviously, I disagree with that. But you at least want something to build on. And bad losses to Philly on the road and to other teams aren't the way to do that. The Pelicans need to find a way to get this done. Big thing, like I said, energy. Do they come out firing? Is Anthony Davis engaged? He's not enjoying this season right now. You can see it in his body language. Hopefully the coaching staff gets them amped up, geared up, ready to play. So thank you all for listening to Locked On Pelicans. I'm your host, Jake Madison, and I'll be back with you guys to recap the Philly game, preview the Thunder game uh, tomorrow at 6 a.m. 